0: is out. The Age of Independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, friends and agents. This is Caitlin Agar, and welcome back to the show. The forecast is out. The age of independence is here. And for our holiday New Year's episode, I really wanted to bring the family feel to the show so, so you did so I did <laughs> um hey babe how's it going so good I so yeah. I think one of my dreams is coming true I don't know if I've I'm positive I've never interviewed my husband <laughs>
1: on a podcast is this an interview? before
0: I think so it's it's oh man it's pretty official
1: I was just told so to show up so I'm, I'm here
0: this I'm is here. like we've done Facebook lives before but mm-hmm. this feels official
1: is it? It <laughs> okay. sounds good.
0: So I want to introduce you guys to Justin Agar, my husband, CEO of Quantum mm-hmm. Assurance International. And um, just want to use this interview time to give you guys a chance to, to get to know me a little bit better. Some of our listeners are a little bit newer to the age of independence podcast. So just want to tell you a little bit about our family, my life, the things that we do for fun when we're not at work. And then, um, talk a little bit about what kind of work we do. Um, one of the questions that we get from time to time is what is it like to work with your spouse? And I've never mm. actually, like, asked Justin that question. So... I mean, we'll, we've talked about it a little we'll bit, but... We'll get to it a little later
1: yeah, in the episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> and as you're watching this, it's uh, probably New Year's in a couple of days. So, happy New Year's all. Uh, we just wanted to say that early on. And, you know, we uh, it's been a long day today. So, we're actually filming this at, like, 11.30 p.m. So, if we look a little tired. We, we are a little bit, uh, but, but that's okay.
0: The Edgar kiddos wanted to throw a birthday party for their Hatchimals. <laughs> so, um, so they did, yeah. so they did. They're living They're in life. bed
1: right now with like <laughs> 60 Hatchimals, uh, around them. Stuffed so,
0: animals and yeah, all the good friends. stuff. They're getting so excited about Christmas. By the time mm-hmm. you guys see this episode, um, you may have already had Christmas with your families and be thinking about the new year. So yeah. we hope you're having so much fun with your families. We love the Christmas season in our house. We just it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We try to make it last as long as possible. And this year we put up the tree before Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> are we letting that out of the bag? Yeah. Are we telling people about that?
0: It felt like this was the year. It just made sense. This you know, year. it was
1: like 2020 doesn't even matter. We're just going to put it up. And uh, the kids appreciated us for it.
0: They did, so, and um, they got their Advent calendars out today. So it's been it's going to be a really fun December. We're um, mm-hmm. super blessed. There has been so many good things this year, and we really enjoyed getting more quality time as a family this year. Justin and I had never tried working from home before. Ever, we'd always worked from the office.
1: I mean, not just not just not tried it we were super anti <laughs> working from home and then and then covid uh, pulled one of those hold my beer moments and here we are uh you know a long Rock ways it. into working from home so yeah. um but yeah I mean it, it's been a great experience it's it's been interesting it I think it stretched our our understanding of what's possible working from home um you know kind of made believers of us I, I think that there's certain certain you know, circumstances where it works really well there's some I still don't think it, it works perfectly but um, it, it's been, it's been good for us and good, good for quantum certainly. Yeah.
0: So. And I, I think it's been good for the kiddos. We have, um, two small children and, um, they love having us around more often. So, um, uh.
1: <laughs> I was, I was walking through the house on a meeting the other day and my son asked me, it wasn't actually nicely. Uh, I'm not going to say that he, he told me to be quiet because I was, I was too loud. I was, I was uh, <laughs> I was ruining his, his Hatchimal time or whatever it was. Yeah. So he said, daddy, please be quiet. And <laughs> I, I walked outside. Yeah. It, is, it is what it is. So I, I'm not sure. I think that they're going to enjoy us going back to work at some point in time. I think that we're, we're both pretty loud. We're both pretty uh, you know, uh, busy with stuff. And so they, they probably wouldn't mind their space. I
0: don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. And um, I think that some of the highlights from this year were some of the trips that we got to do with the kids. We got to do some... COVID safe working remotely trips and Mm -hmm. the time in Colorado was super fun and the kids are at the age now when they can do a road trip in the car we normally we used to fly with them when we would travel to like different insurance conferences or what have you but this year or drive overnight uh,
1: you know back in the day we
0: used to drive overnight but now they're old enough that we can drive in the daytime and they do really really well and Mm -hmm. they they're just into all kinds of outdoor stuff they learned how to swim this year and um, fish. They've been fishing and just doing all kinds of cute stuff. They oh they started soccer a couple of weeks ago, so I'm mm-hmm. officially a soccer mom. Congrats! So
1: I know that's goals. bucket list <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
0: so yeah. So when we're not working, we're with Karis and Callan, and they're so so cute. So we just We love spending every moment with them. Those are our hobbies really work quantum and the kiddos. What would you say?
1: Yeah. And seeing, and seeing, you know, parents and that kind of stuff, you know, we, we do enjoy family life and, uh, we try to be purposeful because we we work a fair amount. And so we try to be purposeful about getting time with the family and, and, you know, connecting our kids with grandparents and, uh, having meaningful interactions, even though we're, we're extremely busy, we can still slow down and have meaningful interactions with family. And, uh, our kids and, uh, make sure that they don't, you know, have, have Mm -hmm. parents that are, you know, neglecting them in some way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so they're the number one priority and just helping them fall in love with the outdoors, Mm -hmm. kayaking, hiking.
1: Colorado was fun this past year. And, uh, you know, I think COVID, it was just starting to happen and we, we kind of hunkered down in Colorado for a few weeks and uh, tried to give the kids some, some time outdoors versus, you know, purely being locked inside at the house here. So, and uh, they've been talking about going back to Colorado since. And so uh, I'm I'm a proud dad about that. So,
0: yeah, we live in Texas. So um, it's great because we have awesome weather. It doesn't get as cold as other places, but it also doesn't get um, some of the snow that you guys in Colorado probably have right now. So send us some pictures. We're a little jealous. And, um, yep. So we just, we love life with the kiddos and traveling when we can. Um, we haven't been able to travel as much this year, but we, we do when we can and we hope to have some travels in, in 2021. So, um, I think that to, catch our listeners up to speed with like who we are, what we do. Why don't we rewind a little bit and talk about like where it all began in our insurance
1: back to the beginning journey. Yeah.
0: Uh, nine years ago we opened a scratch agency in Geneva, Illinois and
1: (laughs) Illinois. So yeah,
0: we, I miss the snow in Illinois, but the winters were super long.
1: I mean Chicago is a beautiful city most of the time and Geneva so gorgeous. And if you've been into the western suburbs of Chicago area it's it's beautiful you know so you know quintessential america and uh you know so we spent uh, our first agency was in this building that was built in like 1920 and it was a candy store and all this you know stuff long before we had it and so our initial experience was a yellow building that was you know kind of old and uh we were really your your hometown agents Uh, you know, like everything about us, a a tiny Mm -hmm. little agency Mm -hmm. on a street corner and, uh, very boutique knocking on doors Mm -hmm. every time the internet went out. Uh, you know, so a very, you know, small agency start and, uh, truly humble beginnings. You know, I'm, I knew nothing about insurance when, when we got into, you know, the, the, when we started our first agency, uh, before that, you know, Caitlin and I had, uh, Caitlin had been in sales for a little while in retail. I'd been completely outside of that and it was a it was a brand new experience to us um you know a, a brand new industry and it was it was incredible because it was we should have failed uh you know we should have like we knew nothing and you know we barely knew what insurance was I think
0: we didn't even know enough to know that we should have failed
1: <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely um but it was one of those things that you know we didn't have kids then we just worked a lot and so what we what we lacked in in everything, um, you know, we, we made up for with hustle, you know, and if the internet went down, like I mentioned before, we'd go knock on doors and we tried everything out there, you know, and so it wasn't one of those things where we, we knew the right thing to do. We literally tried everything over the over the ensuing years. I've tried mailers and magazines and knocking on doors and chamber of commerce photos and photos
0: with Santa,
1: giving away was- slushies to parents to try and you know get them to fill out a form. You know <laughs> the mm-hmm. fairs and you know we, we've we've really we tried it all um, in, in our road to to try and you know and, and become successful. And you know I, I think our first years was just a lot of grit and uh, making a ton of mistakes, but but quickly recalibrating to, to fix what was broken, you know, quickly recalibrating to fix what wasn't working. And we just constantly kind of iterated and got rid of the stuff that, that wasn't, you know, uh, effective for us. And, you know, over the ensuing years, we grew from, from one agency to, you know, with that, a couple of years later, we opened our second agency, um, and, and did quite well, uh, during that time.
0: We did. So when you, when you say that looking back on it now, we realize we should have failed, Mm-hmm why why should why do you say that why should it have not been successful i mean so lack of experience reason number one so i had just gotten my insurance license a couple weeks before we opened the doors
1: yeah and we were extremely underfunded i mean we we came in with very little money and uh just uh just a hope and a dream and uh so you know we didn't have money we, we didn't have a bunch of training we didn't frankly we didn't have any mentors we didn't have anything. We had each other. And I think mm-hmm. I think that I can credit uh that for part of our success in, in our early years is that we we had each other to lean on. And so, you know, we were working 12 hours a day, six days a week, uh plus probably. Until we um, had kids. So for a lot. Yeah, for a long four time. Years. And um A, so we had each other to, to lean on, but then also we always had somebody else in the office. And so if we were selling, we had two built-in salespeople. you know, we had, we had some, some mechanics built in that helped us succeed by, by both, by both of us being committed, you know? And so, so you want to talk about us working together and, and kind of our experience. And, you know, it, it's funny because we've been working together since 2011. Um, and when we, when we tell people that half the time people are like, oh yeah, you know, that, that, that makes sense. And, and half the time people are like, I could never work with my spouse. And they have like this story. And, you know, I, I know that people believe they can't work with their spouse, but it, it's all about separating job duties, having respect for each other, having a common, a common purpose. And and if you can align in a couple of those things, certainly anything's possible. I, I got lucky. We, we have a great working relationship. We have a really fun time together. Um, you know, both you and I, you know, we, we both dream big and want to do big things. Um, and so, you know, from from the from early on, we uh, had had a lot in common, you know, kind of conceptually with the business that allowed us to, to, to you know, to be well yoked on that side, to to be connected on that side. So, um, so going going back to the very beginning, if if that those are the reasons why I thought that we would probably weren't going to survive, what well, were some things that went through your head? And, and just. Cool part of it is what we just didn't know better. Like, I don't think that we ever th- knew that we should fail. And so we just <laughs> didn't expect it, you know? So we just kept yeah. grinding, but, yeah. but, uh, you know, let I me mean, to cut you off um, or some things that, that stood out that should have been indicators that we were rough.
0: Oh, I think the, the only other thing that comes to mind is we had just moved to Illinois. We didn't have a bunch of connections. So yeah. we didn't start off by building the business from a large chunk of referrals. Our friends and family definitely supported us, but a lot of them lived in other states and we could only write in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have those like local centers of influence when we first launched that if you have them, that you want to build the agency off of. So I think that that was, um, just a challenge that we overcame. And probably one of the reasons why we dove into internet leads so early on, we've been, Mm -hmm. um, using internet leads as a primary marketing source going back to 2011. And we certainly, so much trial and error went into that process. We started out um, buying auto leads first and we tried, uh, it was.
1: Like net quotes, you know, all the companies back in the day, insuranceleads.com, all that stuff. But the genesis of that was that since we didn't know better, we did stuff like Chamber of Commerce and there i there i was in the chamber of commerce like working my tail off joining the membership committee and trying to like you know uh get some sway with that and across from me was the former mayor of the town that was, had been an insurance agent and the mayor had like giant
0: insurance 30 40 years corner. ago
1: and was pretty much everybody's father yeah. and and that's who i was competing with on on trying to get referrals and that kind of stuff and we got some but but i learned pretty early on that that I couldn't really count on a lot of those relationships because they were, they're were pretty tied in since it was a small, tight community. Um, so we had to, we had to get outside of that. We had to figure out something different to, to grow. And so um, a lot of people that have their network to, to tie into and can kind of build on that and continue, you know, going through that referral tree uh, you can, you can really make a lot of that. We had a tiny bit of that and we maximized it pretty early on, but we had to, we had to figure out how we could delve outside of that. Um, you know, how, how we could, how we could, uh, grow the business outside of that. And so um, that that is why we turned to internet leads quickly on. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, funny enough, there were actually a lot of trial and error, you know, trial and error with, with internet leads. Um, a, since we were underfunded, we bought a lot of renter's leads and the captive company I was with at the time, they were really big into renter's policies. And
0: the first year. Yeah, we the business. first year. And
1: so, somewhere along the way, around the end of the first year, somebody told this captive organization that renter's policies don't have... A massive amount of premium and that it maybe it's not the best business to 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 chase as an organization and so our first year we wrote 450 renters policies and uh on these renters leads that i could buy for like three four dollars a pop
0: and a lot of renters in the chicago area don't drive cars so you might not be getting a bundle it was
1: all monoline it was just it's all be clear it's, it's all monoline <laughs> so so we wrote these 450 renters policies and the next year, the company is like, oh, well, maybe that's not, you know, the, the best business model. So we're going to change the way that we're doing bonus. We're going to build it around bundling instead. Which and, makes
0: sense. Which yeah. is great
1: business, which is the way that we should have been doing it, you know. And, and so, you know, we, we turn back around and we look at all the, the this, this renter's population that we have. Almost none of them own vehicles because they were all in downtown Chicago. And, uh, you know, so you know the the next year was just like a massive pain point with us trying, trying to go from 40% bundle
0: to 78% i think we needed yeah so. So,
1: well we we ended up eclips, right, eclipsing right. the, the need but it was a it was a long drawn battle but you know we
0: i remember you saying when that happened though that you you said well From now on, you said, I figured out how it works. From now on, we're just going to focus on writing quality business, period, because quality business will always be good business, regardless of any. So we weren't going to set our sights on any arbitrary goals moving forward.
1: Yeah. You know, captive carriers have this mindset where they they put arbitrary goals out there because they want to have stuff out there that's hard to chase and, and that you miss and that you can't max your bonus and that kind of stuff. And you know that I think that was actually the breaking point where we realized that you can't trust a carrier, certainly you know not a captive carrier. You can't you can't trust a carrier to have your best intention when it comes to the goals that they're putting on the board. You need to have your own goals as as a business owner. And so uh, at that point in time, we just said we don't care what what the carriers' goals are. Um, we're going to actually have our own goals built around quality business and writing bundled home and auto and you know umbrella policies and and all that kind of good stuff. And you know, so even though it was a massive pain, and it took me a year to clean up, kind of on the on the bundling side, that lesson really has stuck with us to this day. That that no matter what somebody tells you, you need to have your own goals that actually make sense around your own financials and growing and, and keeping a healthy organization and having clients that retain and all that kind of good stuff that that we all know now, but but at the time we um, we simply didn't know better. Um, but that said, we got a lot of pats on the back for those runners policies. So. <laughs> It was, uh... <laughs> it was worth
0: it for the lessons learned. And yeah. so tell us about that first insurance conference that you went to as like a brand spanking new agent that was going to go learn with your colleagues.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've all been to a lot of conferences mm-hmm. and, you know, so imagine this person that had never really done sales and uh, had no idea. I was completely trying to figure it out, out along the way. And I walk into an insurance conference and i I forgot which, which one it was. Um, there, there were a couple that I went to kind of back to back there, but I walked in and we were talking and I was so new to the industry and you know, I, and I walk out of the insurance conference and I was like, I was like, baby, we need to have hunters and, and farmers or well, whatever so it was. I
0: think what it was, <laughs> was that they were explaining that in an insurance agency, you have hunters and you have farmers mm-hmm. and where they were going with this was that the hunters were like the salespeople, the farmers were the nurturers that like take care of your book of business and whatnot. And we had a customer service team with some specialists that took care of that. So you came back from the conference and you were like, baby from now on, like we have to be the hunters in the agency. Like we have to, we're hunters from now on. And I was like, okay, <laughs> awesome. So you you have full-time sales <laughs> yeah. at
1: that point in time. So, so,
0: And that was, that was pretty early on. So That decision (laughs) to be (laughs) Hunter actually, in hindsight, ended up being, I think, one of the most pivotal moments. We didn't realize it at the time, but in that decision, you decided that we weren't going to delegate new business to someone. We weren't going to just hire a sales manager and let them figure it out. We were going to be the primary sales and revenue drivers within the agency. Now, keep in mind, this is a new agency. This is a startup. This is us figuring it out for the first time. I think that looking back on it, one of the things that made us so successful is that we did figure out early on ourselves how to sell insurance, how to have a really great insurance quality conversation, even with an internet lead that was such a good consultation that we achieved amazing retention, even off of a book that was primarily built on internet leads, because we had figured out what that sales conversation needed to sound like ourselves. So then we were able to then spot a great salesperson. When we interviewed them, we were able to train them and, and coach them to become really great salespeople and be able to spot when where things are broken. So having that like really deep understanding of the sales process, I think has been really key to even things that we're doing, oh, so many things that we're doing now. Yeah. And so um, part of my advice to agents is that one of the key ingredients to growing and scaling your agency is making sure that you yourself know and understand the insurance sales process really, really well. Like you want to feel like really confident that you are possibly like the best salesperson in your agency. That doesn't mean you have to sell insurance full-time forever, but spending a couple months just dedicating your time to mastering the sales process, I think has a lot of fruit for a long time after that. Yeah. It'll help you recruit the right people. It'll help you be able to coach them to success? And what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so one, that, that super simple, um, you know, hunter farmer thing, that was the genesis of us understanding specialization. And that's, even though that that's been a statement that's been used and that's been understanding in, in, you know, sales organizations for, dozens of years you know it was new to us and 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 new to you know that understanding that we can specialize and be hyper focused on on one thing and be very good at that thing um, I think that, that that was pretty new to us until then we were juggling a lot of different stuff and allowing ourselves to get distracted so that that's the first thing is kind of that specialization mm-hmm. component and most agents know that now um, the next piece is is really key to startup agencies and and that's that when we decided to, to make sure that we were owning, you know, kind of like we, we became like chief revenue officers, you know, so like we, we, were, we were focused on the profitability of our business and, and, and bringing money in the door. A lot of agents decide that they're going to sit behind a desk and do some service and tell people and kind of manage. Um, you, it's very difficult to be a scratch agent that, that starts off from the ground up and, and actually grow a successful organization when you're just managing a, you don't get it because you know, you, you don't know all the different systems. You can't give all the advice that you need to, you can't, you can't help guide the people and coach them and, and be your best because you're not actually in the weeds doing it with them daily. Um, and so there's something powerful about in a scratch organization, you know, the agent stepping in, taking over the sales side, running hard on the sales side and really mastering that. And then being able to equip people in the, in the organization on how to be, you know, extremely effective. You know, that's why we had a 90% plus retention on internet leads as we were, as we were building our, our organization because we learned to do it the right way. And we made sure that our, our frontline salespeople were doing it the right way. So we sold for a long time. You know, we were the the chief revenue. We were the the salespeople in the organization for, for quite some time. Um, and I would, I would urge agents not to, you know, look at what's bringing in the most revenue in your agency. Look, look at what's bringing in the most profit into your agency and, and see where you can replace yourself. Frequently, you can replace yourself on the service side. And I understand that, everybody, you know, a lot of people love their service and, and they, they don't want to let it go. There's oftentimes somebody that can come along that's actually pretty good at service. Um, getting salespeople that can consistently hit sales numbers and con- and continue growing your organization that, that's a little harder to pull off. And so, if you're going to take over a role in your in your organization, make sure it's the most meaningful one that's putting the most cash back in the organization. That's that's leaving you with with, with the largest business with the, you know the largest chance of a legacy possible. Um, and don't let yourself get distracted by stuff that you can hand over to somebody else and and pay them thirty thousand dollars a year for it. Um, it's just not you know not a good use of your time.
0: There's a lot to unpack there, and you mentioned that with attracting talent, you mentioned how important it is to have like the right people in the right role. So the Mm. agency owner is going to take the role that is most valuable. That's the hardest one to replace. Right. Right. And then finding key people for those sales and service roles. Um, And I feel like we, we really struggled to build the dream team Mm-hmm. For a couple of years and trying to put it together because in the beginning, when you're a brand new startup agency and you're new to the area and you're recruiting and you don't have the highest compensation, I, I do think there are a couple of challenges to like finding those, you know, top performers that were like, oh, sure. We'll join but it's not agency. just that
1: it's it's mm-hmm. that you lack vision so when you're a a new agent you you have like limited vision right and so um so when you're recruiting people when you're when you're pitching your your agency um you the the the, the narrative the story that you're telling people frankly isn't compelling you're telling them about some little award that you won and, and some kind of nominal thing that 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 defines you and the problem is is that somebody on the outside that you're pitching that that that, that you're working with you know, that's not, it's not that interesting, you know, why, which is why insure techs, which is why all these different companies that are large companies are able to attract such, you know, massive amounts of talent because they have a really compelling vision. You know, when you ask somebody, you know, why they want to work for Google or, you know, any, any given insurtech tech, you know, as it is right now, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to say, oh, well, this thing is very attractive. Like this vision, this, this thing that I can, I can see, um, when you're starting an agency, it's it's really hard to understand what that looks like. And so, when we started our first agency and we were recruiting, you know, even though we we had some some good talent that came in, I remember that it was it was hard to to get people to buy into the vision that we had. Um, because frankly, the vision was about us. It was about hitting some little goal that that we had. It was about some like nominal thing.
0: I think we were recruiting based on the sales position or like mm. oh, it's a great position it has great compensation it has a great upside mm. and we were missing the real motivators and things that are real drivers for people in there when they're thinking about their career happiness
1: yeah and and part of our scaling over the years a lot of that has to do with the way that our own vision for our futures changed And so when you're a new scratch agent, you know, when you're brand new to uh, an an organization or an industry, whatever, whatever it is, it's okay to have a small vision, you know, day one, I would absolutely expect you to come into something and have a pretty small vision we did. Um, And it's okay that over time that vision changes and it grows and it becomes something larger and and something that's attractive, you know, not just obviously to yourself, but, but attractive to other people, because. They feel like that vision is something that they can buy into, something that they're going that's going to allow them to make a difference. And so, um, over the years, with our organizations and with Quantum now, you know, Quantum has a, a bench of, of world class talent. And and frankly, when I look back on our early days, we wouldn't have been able to attract that talent based on the way that we thought of ourselves and thought of our impact and thought of the vision that we had for the future. Everything was so small then; it was it was frankly difficult to get talented people to buy into it. Um now you know we're trying to change the world and 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 people people line up to to, to buy into that vision.
0: So. I think some of the first things that we did to attract really great people into our organization were being really community minded, community focused, mm-hmm. and trying to create the best culture within the office that we possibly could. So, at the right. time, our ability to, have a highly glamorous office or our resources weren't were weren't what they are today um but i think that those steps that we took to make it a really great place to work really resulted in some really great people that did join our agency at the time Absolutely. when it was more of a boutique office and they really helped us um during that season of building to mm-hmm. make sure that we were having that that community message with our clients and that they were really excited to come to work because they were living and breathing that we were here to make sure that clients had the best protection possible and they were seeing the wins. They were seeing the the mm-hmm. upward trajectory and they got to be a part of that. And so yeah. I think that they, that really gave them something to be proud of.
1: And thank you to those uh, yes. we'll probably have some <laughs> that, that are actually watching this. And thank you to uh you know helping us make an impact and, and being part of our our journey over the years. Uh you know, we we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you for that um absolutely but but yeah you know i mean and that's you know we we've talked before about kind of plateaus and growing and you know i, I think i had a, an, an article on napa kind of around that same thing um but starting off it's okay to be a, a small corner agent and it's okay for your vision and your abilities to grow and you know the reality is is that you know many of you that have been around in this business for 10 15 20 years what you're doing today and what you're capable of today you simply couldn't have done that 10 or 20 years ago. You weren't ready for it. You, d- you didn't have the knowledge. You didn't have the skill set. You didn't have the, you know, the, the, all the different, you know, necessary components to pull that off and and you do today. And that's, you know, that's really what's happened in our own careers is that we started off in a place where we were small, um, you know, hometown agents. And, and over the years we just continued to refine and grow and, um, you know, through a lot of stress and, uh, work and whatever else. And, um, it, it's allowed us to continue to scale through those plateaus over the years, uh, to, to where quantum is today.
0: So, so tell us about quantum. What, what is quantum for listeners that aren't familiar with the, yeah. the company?
1: Well, and, uh, you know, it's funny cause I, I just got that. I was asked that earlier today and, uh, I think it's on a lot of people's minds and, and I would say it, it's, it's, it's two things and I don't want to, you know, wax too, uh, Eloquent with it, but you know, it's a it, it's an insurance uh, agency, an insurance organization that, that has a, a variety of distribution models. Uh, so that's that's the first. But but really, what it is is, I think that that quantum is is kind of a it, it's a mindset. It, it's an answer to a need that we see. And so I, I know that's ethereal. Um, but but really, what it is is that we believe that the agency force matters. We believe that the insurance industry matters. And we see a lot of upheaval and a lot of things that are occurring in the industry that are are going to upset the traditional agency. They're, they're, they're going to impact a lot of these different things. And, and so quantum is is the answer to that. We're, we're, we're working to build out a solution and, and we we obviously have it, but we're, you know, we're, we're we're working on scaling out an agent solution that allows agents to join us and um, we educate them, we train them and we work to future proof them so that you know that that they're not left behind in in the next 5 10 20 years as the industry changes um as one of those things that that's that's a as tra- a target today but we don't know what's coming our way in 5 and 10 years you know we we have guesses on on that thing and so so really it's it's a mindset because i really see what we do as as caring about the agency force it's it's in our background it's what we're passionate about and and so quantum is really built around the premise of Let's have an organization that is here to provide an incredible solution for agencies that they can join and and be a part of. And and, an agent, uh, an organization that is dedicated to to helping them survive and thrive in the coming years versus being relegated to the the, trash pile, like a lot of carriers and a lot lot of different organizations are are pushing in that direction. Um, I don't believe that the agency model is dead. I think that that those that were impacting it did a really bad job and put it in a tiny little sandbox where it couldn't thrive. And frankly, you know, agents need a bigger sandbox. They need a bigger dream. They need, they need to feel like they can have a bigger impact in the world. Um, and when they're given that an education and and they're trained on um, a lot of the stuff that, that they possibly missed on uh, you know, with, with the carriers that, that they are with, they have a chance to to do pretty incredible things. You know, and so so when I get that question, it's funny because I, I know technically, legally, we're an insurance organization. Um, but at the heart of what we are, we're here to create an incredible agency solution where we can we can welcome agents into the next 10, 20 years and uh, yeah. and provide a good home for them.
0: Yeah. I think that that agency ownership is just part of our DNA in the insurance world and the hometown local insurance agencies that we've had did a lot of good for Mm -hmm. our clients a lot of good for the community and we want the the agency owners that we grew alongside of to continue to have like the best opportunity possible and so fixing what's broken in the agency opportunity model will make a huge difference for husband husbands and wives that are teams like we are and Mm Families that are working together to build a legacy and that's what is really a huge driving motivator for us and something that we just care deeply about is seeing these businesses and these entrepreneurs, these family-owned businesses thrive and see the things that matter to them come true in a way that creates a meaningful career for the people in their agency and mm-hmm. really great protection for the people in their communities. And we yeah. feel like that has a, a lot of meaning and purpose and that it's worth the the hard work and the time and the energy that we put into fostering that and, and growing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and we also believe, you know, we, we had to learn everything the hard way. You know, every, every lesson we learned we there was blood sweat and tears associated with that lesson like nothing came easy it was all through grit and learning things the hard way and it doesn't have to be that way for our agencies it, it doesn't have to be that way for for agents that are quantum agents and you know and, and for insurance agents um if if they have the education that they need if they have the mentorship and you know the the network and the um you know the the, the peer support that they need they can thrive and they can pick up you know we we have we have agents that that have, uh, you know, that we work with that are writing more in a month than we did in our first year, um, you know, a, a, as agents and, you know, that, that makes us proud. I mean, it makes me really proud that we're able to have that kind of impact because at the end of the day, if we can help a lot of agents be successful, if we can help them accomplish all the different stuff that they wanted to in the industry and, you know, go on to have a legacy book and, and, uh, re- retire all the different stuff that, that, that they, that we want for them to be able to do, um, that I count that as, as a success, you know, success. So, you know, quantum is not really so much about making us a a bunch of money. It's it's not really about that. It's, it's really about how do we equip agents to be successful um, and help teach them some of the lessons that that we learned.
0: When an insurance agency owner succeeds, it has a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so then you're not just impacting one person you're impacting a lot of lives. And so, yeah,
1: I mean, the business owner dream is, is a beautiful one, you know, uh, when you walk into your office, you should be proud of, of what you do. And, you know, the team members that you have and providing income to those families and, um, insurance agents do a ton of, 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 of good in their community. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm proud of our community and proud of, uh, you know, all that we do. And I love the fact that we get to have a positive impact on it.
0: We're really blessed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're super grateful as we reflect back on this year for our team at quantum, Mm -hmm. they work, Really hard to build the you know the best organization, the best home for agents. And our sales teams work really hard to take care of our clients and our service teams. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And you. yeah, we're super grateful for the agency force that has joined Quantum and the great things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, there there is a lot to be grateful for over 2020 what are some of the things that
1: well we've talked about this you know stick out a me. lot of people have have said you know 2020 has been a challenging year you know there's, there's no way around that it's had it's had some interesting things to it and and you know there have been some people that, that have passed away from COVID and, and that kind of stuff um, but I, I see a lot of defeatist attitude out there sometimes about like oh you know 2020 was 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 a horrible year and, and so on and so forth And you know it's it's been a hard year in many ways, just, you know, for, for a lot of business owners with, 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 adapting, but it's also been a great year, you know, and, and there's so many things for us to be thankful for, whether it's getting more time with family or, you know, for some people being able to step back a little bit and get that rest they've needed for a long time. You know, there's, I, you know, and can I talk about this, I don't believe in work-life balance. Um, I, I don't think it's a thing. I think that no matter what you're doing in life, you're focusing on something, and when you focus on that thing, you're not focusing somewhere else. Um, so there's ebbs and flows to to our life, and for many people, this year was a, a year of, um, of of getting a little more downtime, you know, and and that they probably you know really needed. And so, not for us, we uh, we you know it's kind of been a, a double down year, um, but but we have have a lot to be thankful for 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 you know from 2020. Um, you know, aside from just our team and our growth and whatever else, and the agents that have joined mm-hmm. us, I mean, there's been a lot of good things, but you know, there's, there's been, you know, I've seen a lot of good in the, in the community, a lot of, you know, when, when COVID first hit and, and Jeff, uh, I'm sure he'll get tagged in, in something. Jeff raised money for like 50,000 masks wow. and then he got a matching, you know, uh, donation for 50,000 more. And so, you know, for, for the Washington DC, you know, Virginia, Nova area, uh, they were able to, I think, bring like as much as a hundred thousand masks to uh to first responders and and that kind of stuff. Um, we
0: just saw people getting so creative
1: mm-hmm.
0: trying to make it work. Those Local early business days, owners, yeah. yeah. When everybody was sheltering in place in mm-hmm. March and April, I couldn't believe the creativity that I saw from people trying to make it work, trying to find solutions. Yeah, yeah. When p- times when people didn't have masks and
1: mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the and I'm not going to go off, uh, uh, you know, road here. The early days of the pandemic, the people really joined together, and it was it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, so it was it was it was great to see that. I think that it's gotten a little carried away, uh, in in the past couple months with, uh, um, the election, and everything else. I think there's been a little bit more messiness to, to that. But but watching, you know, the American people's response to the initial pandemic and and everything going on. I mean, it was it was a pretty proud moment for us. I think, you know, being, being a part of, of that. Mm So I agree. So
0: going into the new year, then what are some things that are going to be on your resolution list? Are you going to make, do you do new year's resolutions? Like
1: like weight loss? (laughs) is, Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, you know,
0: we have a Peloton that we could,
1: I'm not going to lie. We eat a lot of hot pot. So (laughs) if you haven't had hot pot do, but you might get addicted.
0: So that's something our listeners can put (laughs) on their new year's (laughs) resolution list. If you have not tried Chinese hot pot, pull out your uh, Yelp app and find the nearest Chinese restaurant near you that ha- is like, you know, yeah. five-star hot pot and it will change your life.
1: And if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, <laughs> hit us up and and we'll, we'll discuss the deeds on some hot pots and, uh, and maybe have a meetup at one of these, <laughs> when, you know, post COVID we'll do a meetup when it's safe. But, um, you know, just before the pandemic, Jeff and I were, were in China and got to experience a lot of, you know, noodles and, and hot pot and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, but that is that is one of our fun things is hitting a pop pot so so for 2021 um what are some goals personal or, or, or professional both Man. Or either or um you know there's been a ton of agents that joined us I, I think that 2021 is kind of a double d- down year for for us working to really grow and enhance the agency force we have some great ideas and the past couple of days we've been thinking through, some different, you know, I, I like to think of Quantum as a, as a tool belt to support the the agencies, but we have we've had some pretty cool ideas to to try and help the agency force and and help them grow even faster and do even more. And so, um, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag with with some of those things. Um, but you know, really really growing the agency force, I think that next year we're probably aiming for two three hundred new agents uh, with Quantum at least. And then I have an internal goal that isn't just signposts. You know, uh, I know some, uh, a lot of organizations care about signposts. Uh, I actually, I actually care about, about agents revenue. I, I, because that's, that's directly tied back to their success, right? Uh, some, some organizations don't really look at that revenue factor. Uh, but I, you know, for me, their premium production, the average production for our, our agencies is important to me, the revenue that they're bringing back in their doors so that they can, they can survive and thrive, uh, you know, in their organization that's something that I track and and something that next year we have some ideas around, even though it's a high number now for, for the industry, it's two, three X, what a lot of uh, you know, kind of our, our competitors have. I, I would like to get it to five or six X, you know, we, we do bold audacious things across everything that we do. And, and for me, I'm passionate about trying to get that, that number up for the average agent production from just a couple X to, to, to being substantially more. And so We have some, some tool belt ideas around that for 2021 that I want to roll out. So growing agencies, doubling down with helping those agencies be, be uber successful, uh, I think is important to me and I'm, I'm ready for us to begin traveling again for 2021. I'm, I am hopeful that, that that occurs. Um, I know that everybody listening to this is, is ready to get out and about a little bit and not have to have fear or concern if you have that or wear a mask or whatever else it might be, um, you know. I think that 2021 is going to be a phenomenal year for everybody. You know, I mean, just think about the economic rebound that we're going to have when this kind of opens it back up again. But then tie on to that the fact that we're not going to have this thing that's been weighing us down and kind of been a concern in our lives for the past year almost. Um, I think 2021 can be a phenomenal year for all of us.
0: So, what would be like a travel destination wish list item that mm. may or may not happen in 2021? But what would it be like at the top? Cause that's, I mean, it's kind of hard to choose, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the Fiji islands. I, I would love to to make it back with the family. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it for the past couple of years and we've been so busy. Cause you really need two weeks at least off to, to do that.
0: Time zone change.
1: Yeah. And, and time zones hard on the kids. Um, but I'd love to do that and just kind of, you know, kind of get away for, for probably two weeks since we, you know, we don't get much vacation. Um, I'd love to just step away for, for probably two weeks and, uh, recharge the the batteries um you know like we all need
0: and i've never been to fiji so seeing where you grew up is definitely a bucket list item for me too right, yeah. right up there at the top yeah.
1: So, well I, I grew up uh in, in a poor village so i'm not taking you there but uh <laughs> you know i i'll say maybe a nice beach somewhere yeah. in, in fiji but we'll be fun um but yeah how about you 2021
0: so, mm. I, I really want to go to Iceland because you lived in Iceland for a while. I've yeah. never been to Iceland, and I, with the the time zone, I feel like it would be the perfect place where we could still get in some work while we're there. If yeah. we go in the summer and the days are super long, the sun might not go down until like 11 p.m. I
1: think we should do an insurance agent trip to Iceland, just like people that that love insurance, that love <laughs> that are successful. Sign me up! And we just go, and it'd be in the summertime. But, you know, Iceland's beautiful. Uh, you flew me back to Iceland for my birthday. I'm not going to, she surprised me on my birthday with a one, like a, like a single ticket to, to Iceland and saying, <laughs> I was like, are you not going with me? What's, what's this mean? Are you telling me to, 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 get out? Um, but she just wanted me to have a, a little downtime. And so that was really thoughtful and, uh, Iceland's beautiful, <laughs> you know? And so if you ever get a chance to go, that's great. And, um, and if you, if you hadn't had a chance to go, I do think that, you know, we should probably do a, a group trip there at some point in time. You'd, you'd love you,
0: it. You guys can't see it right now, but the the blankets that are normally behind me on this seat are from Iceland. And so-
1: Icelandic wool. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: reminds me of my goals. So.
1: <laughs> and, and you won't have to yeah. eat rotten shark. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I won't make that happen. So thanks. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, so, so business goals uh, with, I mean, you have a lot going on, you have podcast, and, you know, just a, a lot of podcast stuff going on. Um, you, you do a ton on the education side with, with quantum, you know, what, what are some things that you want to accomplish?
0: I have... A lot of content ideas that have not come to fruition yet. We have hundreds mm-hmm. of videos in Quantum University that are just yeah. amazing sales onboarding training for sales. But I really want to round out the agency onboarding curriculum and cover everything from cash flow management to leadership within the agency to processes and process mapping, and um, continue to.
1: You actually did a course on process mapping for agencies that the Quantum agents have. So. Caitlin actually built out a full like front to back how to build out processes. with how to... the
0: help of our education manager Amanda Map.
1: Yes, thank you, Amanda. Thank you,
0: Amanda.
1: Um, but you know, that course was incredible. I mean, you guys built out how to catalog everything, how to triage it, you know, how to attack, you know, your different processes in your organization. It's actually a super impactful. I think at some point in time, I'd like to see you release that out to general population with the agents because um, you know a- every agent out there you you have more processes that you can work on. You have more things that you need to get done and being able to go back through and build out processes and refine your processes. Um, knowing how to be more effective at that, I think is actually, uh, a pretty big win for, for agents. And so at some point in time, I'd love to see you guys release, uh, one outside of quantum, even though I, I, I do care about mm-hmm. having that course you know, for quantum, it, it would be nice to have it, you know, make it available as well.
0: If that's so. something that you guys would love to see, um, send me a message. We can make it happen. So um, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. And we hope that as you move into the new year, that is just full of blessings, memories, meaningful moments with your families. That's what it's all about is um, the people in our lives, what we can do to Bless them and be there for them and enjoy each other and build relationships as we go along. So thanks for being a part of our circle and for um, all of the amazing new people that I've met this year. Although so many of you, it was like a Zoom meet and greet and we haven't met face to face yet. <laughs> I'm hopeful yet. Yeah, yet. that in 2021 we will be on an insurance retreat somewhere sunny and I'll get to shake your hand, not and- Iceland,
1: apparently,
0: <laughs> and talk so. to you in person and. So that's really been one of the things that stands out to me about this year is how many new people that I've met through the Age of Independence podcast, through the agency intelligence platform. And as I end the new year, I do want to just thank Jason Cass for, Mm -hmm. um, reaching out to me, inviting me on his podcast this summer, and then giving me an opportunity to to have a place to get my message out and to be a voice in the insurance community. And so Jason, you've been an amazing mentor and guide, and I'm super thankful for everything that I've learned from you and really excited for what the new year holds.
1: Yeah. Happy new year. Thanks all.
0: Happy new year.